David Austin is in the pocket is sponsored by the School of Rock Mainline and Kroger Percussion. I'd like to thank the School of Rock Mainline located at 511 Old Lancaster Road in Berwyn. You can visit their website at schoolofrock.com. As for Dave Marsh or Rick Allison, I'd like to thank Kroger Percussion at krogerpercussion.com at a backslash ITP and it'll bring you to a website. You'll get a 5% discount. Call Eric Metz at 215-669-8588. That's KrogerPercussion.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the David Austin in, in the Pocket Podcast. We're coming to you from the lovely Wayne Studios in Rebel Hill. I'm only kidding, but actually we are. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited about the podcast today. Uh, Freddie B's with me, of course. Yep. How you doing, Freddie? Everything good? good. Yep. Yeah, good. baby. Yeah, yeah, good to see you. Good to see good, you. Good to see you, too. Yeah, man. And, uh, and of course, it's, it's, it's great to be here. We've been away for uh, – well, actually, we did a few podcasts when we were on the road, but now we're back. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, a little over two – well, not quite two weeks since we've been back. And uh, it feels good to be home and uh just getting back into it and uh, for our first podcast since coming back from europe uh i'm excited about today i got my buddy uh the the legendary rockabilly rocker himself uh horse aficionado guitar aficionado uh as colorful as hell will you please welcome the one and only quentin jones Gentlemen, how are you? It's good to be what's here. Up, what's up? What's up? My <laughs> gosh, what a great day we've got going here already. Yeah, man. yeah, baby. Hey, man, this is cool. Uh, you know, Quentin, we've been doing this podcast for for a couple of years now, and uh, Freddie, you know, recently joined up helping me out, and I much appreciate it. And uh, you know, uh, you know, from playing together, doing the qdk gigs and what uh uh what we've been up to maybe doing some sessions together uh i always talked about bringing you on to talk about yeah you know what what your background is what you've done musically and all the cool stuff that you're into and uh it's about time right bro well you know you you, you gotta do you know when things happen in the right time they happen in the right time you know yeah, what i mean and i've yeah. been excited to come on and talk and, yeah 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 you know, nice. yeah i always like talking with you david you know yeah. how was that tour huh pretty cool that european was, tour you just came yeah it, it, it was good it was good you know and um, we'll get to you know the touring thing but you know that was great uh uh but today's show is all about Quentin Jones. So gotcha. yeah. we're going to get gotcha. into that. You know, kind of, you know, I know you don't like talking about yourself, but we're going <laughs> to talk about something that's not always easy to do. You know, right. you think about some of the, the stuff that, you know, uh, you know, reflect, but you got such a cool career and, you know, your story. Uh, and I think people from social media are starting to get a little bit of a, uh, a read on it from your, your posts that you do with Nevi. Yeah. And, 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 and you got a real, your life is, uh, is, I mean, different than a lot of the way me and Freddie grew up. We're kind of more urban people, you know, and you've gone grew up with horses and, and, yeah. and raised in that, in that, that environment that is, uh, uh, is pretty damn cool. You know, your father was a long time, uh, 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 guy that worked with horses and uh, the Devon horse show and, you know all about yeah. the, you know, raising horses. Yeah, yeah. Your brother Wendell. Yeah. I mean, you got some yeah. real history there. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I have. A, and, yeah. and 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 we've never really kind of delved into, you know, I only know bits and pieces of what uh, of that from, you know, just meeting your meeting your your brother and 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 of course going up there to the barn and seeing the horses and and then playing music with you and and uh, you know like. Freddie, I've had a, an interesting uh, uh, ride with Quentin because we met doing, we were doing this record with uh, uh, Charlie. Char he was doing a Charlie Gracie record. Uh, oh, wow. I think that was, the, I think that might have been the first thing that we ever did together, right, Quentin? Was well, it yeah, or I mean, Robert Gordon. This is the first time we actually worked together. It was Robert Gordon, I believe. Oh, Robert Gordon. It was so Robert Gordon and, um, 
you were producing you, um, it. You were producing I was producing it, it and yeah, playing guitar on it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we yeah. needed Robert. Robert was, uh, you know, Robert likes to cut things live. Yeah. So we needed, you know, a drummer. And I was talking to you about other yeah. business. And you just came down that day and cut some songs with us. It was great. Nice. You know, yeah. Us, Rob Stoner. Oh, oh wow. Rob, yeah. yeah. Rob Stoner. Legendary yeah. guy. Rob yes, he is. Yeah. Legendary guy. And that was the first time I got, uh, you know, like over the years, the band would play gigs up in the Lancaster area. There was a place up there. Uh, a, what was it called? The village. The village. The, the village. 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 I remember yeah. that place. Yeah. Did you ever play there, Freddie? Did you ever yeah. play there? Right. Yep. I bet you did. So, you know, it, it was. We're going back. I think I, I met Quentin there because Quentin had a band that opened for the Hooters in the eighties. Yeah. Right. At, was... Right. Right after we had like, I think we played there. Uh, during like 1986, something like that, where things were really America really popping for us. It was so much. 80, 84. It? 80, it was, oh, 84. Was Whoa. it really? So it's before, February of 84. Damn. Oh, no yep. way. Oh, wow. So, so I didn't and realize that's that a great so story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, well right? so, so it's so, it. just, just to give people a little bit of a time thing. Because like I, I I didn't even realize Quentin was Quentin when he when he did that gig with us in '84. I didn't realize like he came to me. You know, I'm that guy. You know, he told me that later on when when we started talking because I didn't really know. And then I started learning all these cool things about this guy, what he what he did, and how he how he decided to go down. Uh, uh, how Quentin decided to go down this this path of you know rockabilly and working with some guys like al cooper and uh and 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 and, and charlie gracie and robert gordon and and uh uh what's her name jerry linda gale lewis linda gale lewis linda gale and, oh, i yeah. mean he's got this whole um uh uh network of um <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say because it sounds disrespectful but <laughs> the, the crazy misfits of music you know, it's crazy, they're, and they're all amazing. But they, they, they have all had like these, the, you know, um, wild reputations sure. uh, uh, on the fringe, uh, 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 on the edge of rock and roll. You know, and my man's been a part of it. You know, which is amazing. Yeah. But so we met in '84, right? Right. Yeah. You want to tell and, that story? Uh, you can tell that story. I would love to tell yeah, that yeah. story. I would my, love to hear it. <laughs> one of my favorite stories, you know, um, Dave, you know, we'll go in a little more of the background and everything, yeah. just about the, the basic attitude and everything. I, I was talking to my brother Wendell the other day about our yeah. upbringing. And I said, you know, when we were kids, we never ran, you know, I, I, we couldn't run away to the circus. We were already in the circus, you know? <laughs> so we had a whole different truth, attitude, yeah. you know? And yeah. Yeah. one of the things I learned in the horses with horses is you have to have, you know, honesty to really get ahead because you got to really look at the horse. If you're working with a horse and see what's going wrong, you can't sugarcoat things. And I've tried to do that with music. And so when I tell this story, I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm just being honest here. I was in a band that had a lot of charm, but no talent. I mean, I mean we had talent, but we, we weren't good yet. You know, we were like unrefined. I mean, to get, but you knew you would be someday. Absolutely, you know, because right. we we made a record with uh, the drummer from the Hooter, not the Hooters, the Sharks. Right, Doug, oh, yeah. um, Doug, Doug. He had a studio and he let us come in. We did a fourteen song record. Right. I was like eighteen years old, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, the record was good, and but we couldn't reproduce live. We just didn't have the chops. But anyway, somehow I got Gus Fotis to put me on opening for the Hooters. Yeah. Uh, somehow he says somehow this guy could sell. He, he's just an amazing salesman. So knowing Quentin now, somehow it's like you know that it was going to happen. Yeah, I, you know, I used to, I used to be able to work the Jedi mind trick on on Gus at the village. You know, you will let me open. You know. So and we we had patterned ourselves after a Mersey beat band. I was huge Mersey beat and we were so into it. And nice. me and my, the singer used to listen to those albums 
for hours. The zombies, you know, even yeah, though they're yeah. not really Mersey beat, absolutely yeah. right. they're not Mersey yeah. beat. British invasion. That 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 right. whole sound, you yeah. know, but like the yeah. Hollies, the obviously the Beatles, and yeah. uh, you know all that stuff. So, anyways, you know, we wore the suits. The whole nine yards. Right. We just yeah. had, I had to play a Rickenbacker, of course, you know? Of course. <laughs> so we go in and play, and we play, it was February of 1984 because it was, uh, would have been 20 years that the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh, right. And that's how I know the date because I kept saying sure. all night, this is, we started out with some Beatles songs. Here's from a band that was on, blah, blah. I was saying the whole thing, you know, the band, yeah. you know, 1964, blah, 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 blah. We sucked. You know, the people tolerated us. I mean, but we did suck. So anyways, the Hooters come out and they, they ripped the place up. You know, they're doing great. So I'm just like, I could have literally walked out under the crack of the door. That's how bad they blew us off the stage. You know, I wouldn't even have to open the door. So they come out for an encore and Eric goes, here's a song from another band that came out 20 years ago. And you guys did glad all over. Uh, and just... On. Tore the place up, yeah, man. Uh, uh, but what was really cool about all this was after we were done, you and Eric and Rob were talking to me. And you guys gave me a lot of good advice. And you were very supportive of a young band. And I never forgot that. Nice. And I'll never forget I'll never forget what Eric said. It seems so obvious now. But he said... Uh, Maybe you should get a guitar that stays in tune. <laughs> and maybe you should get a tube amp. Oh, you know, I had a son. Amp, oh. you know, he's like, maybe yeah, you should yeah, get yeah. a tube amp and get a guitar that stays in tune. <laughs> Which wow. in hindsight was the best advice you could give a guitar player, right? Right, 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 right. right. You know? Well, did you even wow. know better then, though, right? I mean, No, I had to have a Rickenbacker John Lennon guitar, yeah. you know? Right, yeah. That was going to wow. make us better, you know? I mean, I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How long That's did you think that, that band, that band that opened for the Hooters in 84, uh, how did you, now, because, okay, we met there. When you were doing that, were you still involved? Were, were you like, did you become, were you a full-time musician then? No. Or did you, you had like a day job back then and you were I playing was, music? I grew, up in the, I grew up in the horse business. Yeah, right. And I had, a, I had another brother named Bruce. And this is a yeah. real true, this Rest is a real true. Yeah, this is a yeah. true story. You know, Bruce was really into music. He was my older brother. Yeah. And, you know, he, we, I used to listen to all the records that he had. He would always, you know, explain the stuff to me. I'll never forget when McCartney came out. I would have been about eight or nine years old. And he explained to me that uh, Paul McCartney played all the songs in a recording studio in his house, you know, and it just yeah. totally blew me away. And that yeah. kind of shaped, you know, I was just, I love that idea of recording. And I'm, you mean, I yeah, he, he recorded all the instruments. All the yeah, instruments. yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and I wanted a guitar and for whatever reason, I wasn't, my parents were not responding to these wishes because uh, my that. parents wonderful people fantastic i mean they gave i, I lived a life of a of a lost boy like, you know you're going to make a living boy well they were great no they weren't that way they were into no. the horses but for my mom uh, was an opera singer oh, you know whoa. and my dad used to play the guitar but for whatever reason you know i was the youngest and usually by the time the fourth one comes along you know you're not jumping as quite as you did as for the first one or two you know you, you get a little jaded as a parent but anyways the point of the story is is my brother uh stole me a guitar gave my first guitar was a guitar that bruce stole from me from one of my uncles who was going to learn to play the folk guitar and he never oh. did he never oh. did uh, you put so it use. you know but i always i always had a conflict i didn't know if i wanted to as a young man and as a young boy if i wanted to be in the music business or right. in the in the horse business and uh we can talk more about the horses later if you'd like but yeah i eventually I eventually made a stab in my late 20s of being a normal person and trying to get real jobs and things like that, which I yeah. couldn't do. I yeah. could do it, but I couldn't yeah. sustain it, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so wanna, I'm guessing you didn't really want to do it either. I mean, no, you always had this this, my, this yeah. thing that saying, I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to, you know, there was something in your, uh, you know, gnawing at you. I'm going to play yes. music or it's like something that... Uh, you know, you're, you're destined to do. 
It was you know, uncontrollable. I'm, 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 I'm watching uh, the new uh, Abby Jacobson series, The League of Their Own, right now, and there's a woman in there, an African American woman. There's a and and her mother wants her to be a, a, a she owns a salon and wants her to be a part of her salon. And this woman wants to play baseball, like you know, because professional baseball. And, and and it's like she does this thing where she's saying, like, well, God wants me to play baseball. You know, it's something that's telling her, it's pushing her no matter what. Everybody tells her, first of all, she's she's a woman and she's black and it's 1943. And yeah. she's like wants to play baseball and nothing's going to stop her. You know, it's like somebody playing music yeah. like, you know, like, OK, something tells me this is what I'm going to do, you know. Yeah. You when I was a when I was a kid, and I mean a kid, like you know, under 10 years old, I didn't have any fantasies, and my dream was not to be a rock star as much as I loved the Beatles and the Stones and Hendrix and all that. I wanted to be as a little guy, I wanted to be able to hang and play music with people like that. They mm. were gods to me. And if I I always thought if I could ever like just get any respect from those or even call them peers that would be my top of the pyramid as far as yeah. money and fame and all that goes yeah. you know that's very fleeting and and yeah. i learned that from charlie gracie and everything you yeah. know but um it was it was never about that and what happened was i i did some sales and i thought well what would be a good type of sales i thought i'd be a stockbroker you know <laughs> so I got I got my stockbroker's license and I got an oh. office and everything. Wow. And, and I was I was sitting there. It was a beautiful spring day, and I was sitting there and I was looking out the window and I thought, "This sucks." Uh, I said, "I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it." Yeah. I said, "I don't give a shit if I've got to." I'm sorry if I swear. Yeah, no, you can swear. Uh, yeah, you're right, good. I don't. You I don't care if I have to sell cassettes at Sam Good. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to be in the music business. So I, I, I packed up my briefcase. I walked out and I never went back. Wow. And I started just doing a duo with a friend. We called ourselves the unemployed. Yeah. And we were playing about 20 to 28 times a month at every corner dive bar we could get to just me on guitar and him singing. Mm. And that taught me how to actually nice. be a musician. Uh, you, know? you know, so for the yeah. longest time you did the band thing. Cause when I met you, you you were producing you were a guitar player had this crazy cool <coughs> band the reach around rodeo clowns mm. which I, I i i didn't i don't know if i mentioned i i did it in my post and promoted it but you had this really cool alternative band yeah. gotta call it all band psycho billy rock i got a whole thing it was kind of hard yeah. to really even define what you it were was. but you got some cool stuff that stephen Stephen King was a fan, you know, King mm -hmm. of the Race, the slot talk track. track. Yep. Uh, right. um, but you, you were doing the band thing. But you, when I met you, you already had uh, work with Al Cooper and you've uh, you were good friends. Uh, not only producing Charlie and Robert, but I can tell you, you had a relationship with these people. Like yeah. You were buddies with them. That was Long the term. coolest thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it just seemed like you know how did that how did that come about how did you interesting that's a great story so uh, the reach around rodeo clowns started out I told you about the unemployed right, right and it was right. a little duo I had and I was making money and the singer the singer in the band had a had a substance abuse problem and mm -hmm. you know he was unreliable and I loved him to death but um, I decided I was going to do a solo and I was going to do a rockabilly show. I was going to call myself the rockabilly kid. And one day I, ha I had a, I had a sequencer, you know, and it, so I was going to program the drums and the bass. It's going to be a one man show, you know? Yeah. And I, I was at home practicing it and Wendell had stopped over and he just started singing, you know, yeah. and he was singing like some Eddie Cochran and stuff. Yeah. And Wendell has a really baritone voice with great character, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I, and I don't like singing necessarily. So I thought, all right, we'll do a duo with my brother because now I have someone who's reliable. Yes. And we called ourselves the Rockabilly Brothers. And it was cheesy as hell. Wow. But we slowly started to morph and we brought in live people. Mm. And uh, our bass player was a guy that escaped communist Poland as a teenager. 
Yeah, yeah. And Dave Ferreira on drums. Great drummer. And, yeah. Great drummer. Good... He, he plays uh, Freddie. I don't know if you know Dave Ferreira, but he plays. I know with, who he is. He plays with uh, Herman's Hermits. Herman's Hermits. Yeah. I know. Uh, uh, great drummer. I, I don't know him personally. Great. great and um, he, uh, you know, he had that drive. And when Dave got in the band, we stopped. We weren't no, we weren't nowhere as close to quote unquote rockabilly. So we decided to change her name. And my brother came up with the name, the Reach Around Rodeo Clowns. And we just kept laughing about it. It was a joke. Yeah. And then we thought, you know, it's a yeah. great name because we didn't want to be too serious. No, I yeah. mean, we were serious about our music, but not about yeah. ourselves. Yeah. So, anyways, long story short, we got harder, rougher, we got experimental. And I had met Richard Goderer. Oh, um, wow. And Richard how do you meet Richard Goddard? How because that? the bass player and I had a, opened a studio in the early 90s called Sound Cage here in Lancaster. And it was a for the day and in the area, it was a nice studio, you know, we yeah. had a, you know, mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. We had 24 track and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we were going to produce this singer and uh, he had a very baritone voice. And I thought, you know. It would be good if I could get Richard Goderer. And somehow I had met Goderer through another guy years ago. Just like, you know, we had a conversation, you know. And then I I, I was able, it was a good enough conversation. That, you know, he gave me his number and yeah. I was able to call him nice. without being, you know, yeah. unsolicited. So I called him and he was like, yeah. You, you, called, and he, you called and he answered. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. How you doing, Quentin? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. and and I I was telling him about this singer, and he said, "Well, yeah, I'll be interested." In it. And I hung up the phone, and then I thought, "Well, wait a minute. If he produced Robert Gordon, and I thought this guy kind of sounded like Robert Gordon, I was like, "Well, why don't I just see if I could get Robert Gordon?" Yeah. So I I literally wow. picked the phone right back up and said, "Hey, is Gordon still available?" And he's like, "Yeah, I can hook you up with Gordon." So unfortunately, wow. as soon as, as soon as he said yes, the singer we were going to produce got dropped. <laughs> wow. He's still mad at me. I can't help it. Hey, sorry, yeah, business, you know. What year was this? 94ish, right? Okay. 95ish. Okay. And um Goddard's idea was he was a fan of the Reach Around Rodeo Clowns. You know, wow. the Rodeo Clowns are one of these bands that musicians and people in the industry love. Yeah. yeah. But the fellow walking down the street doesn't know who we are. And that's yeah. okay, you know. Yeah. So um, he wanted the Rodeo Clowns to make a record with Robert Gordon. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Uh, of course, but you know Robert Gordon, right? Yeah, yeah. And Robert Gordon does yeah. things the way Robert Gordon does. Of them. course. All right, yes. and and I respect that. You yeah. know, yeah. this is so we cut an album. What happens? I ended up playing just out of the whole band. I was the only one that played on the record. Yeah. And I'll tell you, he taught me so much because he was hard on me. Robert, sure. Robert was well, really Robert, after you play with Danny Gatton, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah. the well, bars, I, obviously, the, the bar bars up is way up, up here, there. right? Yeah. And you know, I yeah. intentionally, I intentionally, and and this is for you know, people that are starting out, you know, in the music business, this might be a good advice. I intentionally always tried to put myself, you know, right where on. I was underwater. You have to, yeah. yeah. And yeah. if I could survive. Yeah. If I survived, that meant I got better. I'll never forget Charlie Gracie called me up one time. Mm. We'd done a tour. We, I was working with him in the studio, and uh, Van Morrison called Charlie up and asked Charlie to go on the road with him. Yeah. And he said, bring your own band. So Charlie calls me up. He says, hey, can you play the bass? I said, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Like, like nobody's business. Business. You know, I hung up the phone, called up one of my friends, hey, can I borrow your bass? You know, I need to uh, learn how to play bass. But that that was a show that was a half an hour and it was done on the highest level of touring. Mm -hmm. So everything ran like clockwork. There was a crew, yep. blah, 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 blah. Yep. Yeah. The next year he called me up and said, Hey, I have a whole series of dates down in Wildwood. Would you like to play it? And of course, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, it was going to be at the Van Morrison tour. Right. I said, sure, what are we going to play? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, do you have any sets? Nah, I don't. I just, uh, yeah. I said, uh, can you send me a, a list of songs? He goes, nah, I know 3,000 songs. He goes, look, kid. <laughs> he goes, you show up at the beginning of the summer, and if you're still playing at the end of the summer, you'll be able to play with anybody. That's perfect. <laughs> Love it. It's like, it's I got to tell you. Yeah, you, you know, so on my experience, awesome. I'll just give it real quick with Charlie. 
So I'm recording this record with Quentin, and I'm in Quentin at the studio had a drum booth, and I'm in the booth, and there's a door, and you can see the window, and Charlie, Charlie wanted to cut these. He's cutting this track, this particular song, and I, uh, we were really kind of doing a live thing. Uh, I think there was a click, but I remember thinking, I want, I could just check, watch his hands and figure yeah. out where he is. Well, well Charlie no. he plays, <laughs> he does, he does this thing where you can't, it's, it, it's almost like he's fucking with you or it's, something. It's, it's, you it's, know, like, it's, wow. it, his hands look just like that. Yeah. That's the chord. Like, where's he going here? Where's he you know, going with that? It, it worked out. I mean, Crazy. you know, but I remember thinking, wow, okay. I'm on my own. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm on my own here, man. Uh, it, it ended up being cool, really cool, and he's amazing. But he, is. Uh, he was an interesting cat to work with. And uh, so you got through the summer. Yeah, what that, right? was amazing is the setup. First of all, it was a bar. It yeah. was a bar, corner, Wildwood, sticky, sweaty, by the ocean bar, you know. Yeah. And the Robert. stage was set so where Charlie had me and then the drummer and then a speaker and then Charlie. So I could not see him. And like Dave says, when you do see him, he's got these weird voicings, you know? <laughs> and so I had the, and I could barely hear his guitar. Yeah. And what I had oh, to teach yeah. myself to do is listen to the vocal. Yeah. You and learn follow the melody, you know? Right, right. And so, that taught me. Yeah. And That's I was in great. Yeah. I was embarrassed many a night before I got the hang of it. Yeah, right. I, I we yeah. we we I th I think you said some tracks. I think we have. Well, you can you sent something from uh, the Reach Around Roadie Clowns, correct, yeah. Mundo? Well, uh, was the, one, the the track that yeah I have uh, I, he has a Gracie track, a couple Gordon tracks, and a Clowns track. Do we have that? Do we have that Reach Around Rodeo Clown track? Was it? Was it? Did you King of the King, Slot Car track? King of the Slot Car track, which I was talking about. Love it. Can, can we? Can we play this, baby? Do you want to play it? And then me to tell you. That, 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 we're, yeah. we're, we're gonna play. To go to my high school, he's the king of a slot car track. He got a can am and a pistol grip. He got the right tires, he can make them stick. He's the king of a slot car track. He's an A-blade, even running up the track. So don't you mess around. He's the fastest trigger in this here town. Look out, buddy, he'll shut you down. He gets the hot chicks because they think he's cool. He used to go to <laughs> my high school. He's the king of the slot car track. Was that recorded at your studio? Yeah, like, yeah. I, nice. I produced it and engineered it. Yeah, you know, I, I had a I had a two inch uh, twenty four track old Ooh. MCI machine that I mixed it all. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, you see, the thing with the clowns, the whole purpose of the rodeo clowns, like I mean, there's a lot of history to the band. I mean, it's good. We that did a good. we did a twenty song album that was connected to a comic book that was 
illustrated by Jim Smith from the Ren and Stimpy show, the co-creator of Ren and Stimpy. And, you know, we had all this stuff that was going on in the clowns. And like I said, in the industry, it got all kinds of attention. Yeah. But what we purposely did is we would misdirect even the names of misdirection. Like that song, King of the Slot Car Track, when you first hear it, he gets the hot chicks because they think he's cool. And it's not just like, you know, a little ha-ha, little ditty. But the song has a real deep, true meaning to it. Absolutely. When I was a boy, that song is written from my from eight-year-old Quentin's perspective. It's wow. not a, a grown man's perspective. It's a, yeah. my oh, childhood wow. perspective. And we used to go to the slot car track yep. where yeah. my parents yeah. would drop yeah. us off. And I was the yeah. youngest, so I was always like jerking around and everything. My brother was right. a little more serious about it. But one thing I do remember is you didn't go in there and misbehave. And uh, there were guys there in uniform that were on their way to Vietnam. Yep, yep. And there actually was a boy that was very famous. He was in the magazine, slot car magazines, that died, got killed in an explosion in Vietnam. Wow. So the song is an anti-war song. Yep. It is a dead serious song about a young man who's popular and goes overseas and gets killed in the war. Wow. So, I mean, we did that on a lot of our songs, you know, and some of them we did with a little twinkle in the eye. Like we had a song called She Sure Sucks a Lot. (laughs) Immediately they think it's dirty. It has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with, again, as a young guy, 14 years old, smoking cigarettes, hanging out with my buddies, anywhere you went, your buddy who had the car would want gas money because it was during the gas crisis because yeah, right. it sucked got a it, lot of gas. And he's talking about his hot rod, not his girl. You know, mm. so that was the kind of the Brilliant. thing with the rodeo clowns that if you could if you if you could get hip to it, you could see that we were like deeper than what we what yeah. we showed. It's right. really it's it's really it's really cool. You know, it, it, I guess you know. You got a yet a nice ride though, you know. People, you, oh. they, like you said, people people were into it. I remember hearing it. You yeah. had your fans. We were fans. Yeah, I, I, I think it. I've heard that song too. I was like, I'm not just saying this. I was like, man, I know this song. Yeah, you know what you, I mean. You know, you, it, 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 it I've heard it. You know, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, we do it. I know we get to play. There's a couple uh, uh, reach around songs that we do with QDK with me and Kenny and, yeah. and Quentin. They're right. a lot of fun to play and. We do that one. That's you and know, we you do girl from some, and girl from hell. Yeah, girl from hell. I mean, which you got was some great stuff, you know. Girl from hell was, you know, what was funny is we started out, as I said, as the Rocket Billy Brothers, and we were doing yeah. covers of the Stray Cats. Yeah, and we ended up Lee Rocker from the Stray Cats recorded yeah. our song. Yeah, the girl from hell. Oh. He re- you know, so it was kind of cool, you know. Yeah, uh, crazy. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I mean, the band had its things. Like I said, when you have someone like Stephen King tweet about the song, mm. to me, that's why I got in the music yeah. business, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. because yeah. as for the artisticness yeah. and a respect from the, my peers. That's yeah. right. On. That's what I strive for. Excellent. It's absolutely great. It, it really is great. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Lee Rocker. I, I was listening to uh, Slim Jim's got a show on uh, Little Stephen's show. On oh. Little Steven's uh, Garage. That's really terrific. He plays some great rock and roll, old-time rock and roll. Uh, Let me, he plays, he, he played a song. I think he played the first time I heard Little Pig. For instance, we were talking about Robert Gordon. I cut a track uh, that I never knew was a cover song. I thought it was something Robert and Quentin wrote. Um Robert might have even said at the session, this is something I want to cover, but we, we did this song called little pig. And um, so I didn't know it. I never knew the other version of it. And I heard, I think the original version on slim show slim was playing. He would play these obscure, you know, songs. I forget the name of the guy that originally did it. Do you remember the guy that wrote? Little I pig? don't, but I also know buzz and the flyers did it. Yeah. Buzz, and, but you mean yeah. Buzz, Buzz uh, from from Hot Rod Lincoln? No, okay. Buzz, who eventually ended up in Joe Boxer. Just love oh, oh, okay. Rockabilly band called Buzz yeah. and the Flyers. They were oh, really okay. great. Yeah, yeah, actually, my friend, you mentioned that band, uh, the Joe Boxers, David David Collard, DC Collard, playing the the. 
is the keyboard player and just did a tour yeah. with the Joe Boxers over the summer. Yeah. Good yeah. friend of mine. The Dig know. Wayne is the yeah. singer. So, so I, because, I, because we have a, 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 a Gordon track that you said. And, well, it's, and, it's and, Little and Pig. Little Pig that we Dale did. Hawkins. The Dale uh, Hawkins. Yes, he did it yes. originally. Yes. Yeah. 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 I cheated. Yeah. I cheated. And, uh, no, and that's, that's cool. The reason you didn't know it is the way Robert works in the studio, you forget what he did when we were making this record. We would meet in my office. We'd sit down with tablets. We'd listen to the song. Then we'd go cut it. Yeah. (laughs) We'd do three a day like that, you know? And we'd sit, me, you, Stoner, and Robert. Okay, verse, chorus, verse. How's it starting? How's it ending? And, And the other thing with Robert is all Robert's scratch vocals were keepers. Really, wow. yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how did you? Uh, so you mentioned you, you through through Goddard, you hooked up with Robert. Yeah, Robert, you, I know, you know, we don't have to go into it. You, you guys have had an interesting relationship over the yeah. years playing music together. Robert can be tough on yes. you know, you say tough on you, but you know, listen, you hear King of the Slot Guard track, and oh. your your guitar playing is like over the it, over, over the top, great, you know. Right. And I no was, one, no no one plays like you, Quentin. You have a great style, and you and anybody that comes to see Quentin play, I'm excited. Freddie, Quentin played with us the day before we left on tour oh, uh, with ITP, and Quentin's yeah, yeah. playing when we played the Ardmore Music Hall on October first. Quentin's in the in the in the in the crew. He'll be playing with us then nice. uh, as well. Uh, and I think maybe that we have a couple gigs coming up in October and he's joining us, which is super yeah. cool. And I'm really happy to have him part of it because he's such a, uh, it's like so different, you know, he comes right, out and right, it's right. like, you know, he, uh, the, the link race, uh, of the world that hey. were like combined show, show, showman, uh, performance oriented rock and roll. He, he really does yeah. that thing that I think Quentin, you're really. Thank Great you. Great at Rick. Thank you. You know, I, I, there was a show we did at the uh, Lancaster Roots and Blues, not this previous one you did with Liberty, but yeah. the one before uh, we played. And uh, I remember playing with him and thinking, man, the audience were just so into him. It was so great, man. We had a great well, show then. Standing behind Charlie Gracie all those years, you know, you learned something. Charlie made Van Morrison change his set. Really? Yeah. Van wasn't going to play any of the hit songs, you know. Now, Van personally, personally asked Charlie to do the tour. And Van was only going to do stuff from the new album. Yeah. And the second night he watched Charlie play. And Charlie only had a half an hour. And at the end of Charlie's set, it was a standing ovation. Really? Wow. The next night, Van Morrison came out with Domino and Jackie nice. Wilson and yeah. Moondance yeah. and all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Play the oh. hits, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. people, I, you know, look, you know, I just did a tour. You, you play the hits. People pay the bucks. They want to hear the hits. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. uh, can we listen? Uh, um you know, we don't have a lot of time. I want to play a little bit of Little Pigs here, here sure. a little bit of uh, the Robert Gord thing. This is a wacky track. I remember when I was cutting it, Fred, I was thinking, what would Keltner do here? So I went after like wow. a little, little village kind of thing. Kind okay. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out. Check it out. You got that? Oh, I'm a chin, chin, chin. Well, I'm a wolf and I want to come in. Oh, 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 I'm a chin chin chin. Yeah, I'm a wolf and I wanna come in. Well, I hook and I and I and I and I blow your house in. Yeah, I and I and I and I blow your house in. Well, you can feel it a freak, feel it a stone. Look, little guy, I wanna leave you alone. Well, I'm gonna get you just just wait and see. A little bit you belong to me, oh, 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 I'm a oh, 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 oh,
Well, you can trick me here, trick me there. Look, little guy, you ain't leaving nowhere. Cause I'm gonna get you just your way to see. A little bit of big, you belong to me. Oh, by my chin and chin chin. Yeah, I'm a wolf and I wanna come in. Oh, oh, by my chin and chin chin. Yeah, I'm a wolf and I wanna come in. Well, I huff and I puff and I huff and I puff and I blow your house in. Well, I huff and I puff and I huff and I puff and I blow your house in. Well, I blow your house in, little big, little big. Blow your house in, little big. Blow your house in, little big, little big. Blow your house in, little big. Well, it's such a wacky track. You know, I would. It's kind of like, hey. Well, you know, here's the thing with Robert Gordon, the reach around rodeo clowns, and you never know where your night's going to end up. You see, yeah. and it could end up. That's there's a danger to Robert. You yeah. know, you know, am I right, Dave? There's a uh, danger element when you're around him. You know, something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, he's <laughs> you know? a crazy guy. He is, but I'll but tell you are, what. But 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 a terrific. You know, look. You know, he. he, he no one sings like that guy. Oh my God! And he does it. No except, well, well, Wendell can do him pretty good. Well, he, well. he he said to Wendell. He said to Wendell, "Hey man, you do me better than I do me." Uh, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. He's you know That's Wendell's funny. the only guy he lets. I have videos and stuff where Robert, you know, Robert don't let anybody on the stage, but he lets Wendell up there, and him and Wendell, he's got his arm around Wendell, and he's singing with nice. him. And, He'll he can give like he'll give me a hard time for the whole session. Oh come on, man! Come on, Quentin. What's the matter with you? Come on, man! And then Wendell will walk in and he'll go, "Hey, Wendell. Hey, man. Yeah, uh, that's you know. funny. Can you play a bit of that other song of his? Because that really shows his voice off. What that, what, what song here? What do you have? Lonely Blue Boy. Oh, let's play that. Do we but, have you know, that? even just play a part of it? This is. background vocals yeah wow. yeah well no the drummer and the bass player also did some but wow when robert makes a record with you you know he does direct <clears throat> and right. you do what he wants and you right, can't right. argue with it because it's robert sure. gordon yeah. dude i saw him play twice uh with my buddy lance quinn played oh, yeah. in, right, in right, his yeah. band yeah him and right. danny gatton Lance yeah, wow. didn't play a solo. Well, he didn't play a solo all night long because Danny Gat yeah. and I wow. think Rob was playing bass. Yeah, and uh, the drummer was uh, oh Bobby God, Shinar, no, no, Anton was Fing? Anton? Nope. It was somebody you and I spoke about, Dave, when I was doing that uh, drummer. Well, it wasn't uh, Fort Shannon, Shannon Ford. Oh, oh, Shannon Ford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, great. They were great. Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, he always he always played with like just always had great people. Why not? Uh, yeah, he always always did, you know. He was yeah. terrific. 
But yeah. uh, so, uh, Quentin, uh, uh, you know, you've been producing and doing things, uh, uh, and you're writing, and you're, you, you know, you're you're busy between your taking care of your horse, working on music, you're teaching, you're you're you got All your right. hands in a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, the QDK thing thing that has been fun. You did a great gig. Tell me about like your you got this cool thing going on with Daryl Davis. Yeah. So oh, wow. listen, we got Daryl Davis, and he is an amazing boogie woogie piano player. He yes, came he out. Is. He came out and saw Dave Kenny and I backing yeah. up Linda Gale Lewis in Washington. And that's what I want to chat with about Linda right Gale. And uh, he he had a job at he got a gig up here in Lancaster, and he asked the promoter to hire. QDK yeah. for his backing band. He awesome. requested them. Now Dave was in um in Europe. In Europe yeah, with his other band. Uh <laughs> yeah. well, he's with his, you know, so you know, QDK. Lim so we're fortunate that Dave's yeah. sub is Liberty DeVito. Yeah. I remember you know? seeing something about that. Gig. Yeah, so That's great. That's all Liberty and I yeah. Yeah. uh I met Liberty through um Oh God! What's the guy's name that was on uh, Parlophone Records? Uh, Billy J. Kramer. I met him through Billy oh, J. Wow. Kramer. Okay, because yeah. I was yeah. talking to Billy J. Kramer about doing a record, and then Liberty and I got to talking. Yeah. And anyhow, uh, he's amazing. And QDK is playing with him in Lancaster on December tenth. Yeah, at Zootropolis. Yeah. And QDK for those in Lancaster area, if you want to come, we play this great little bar called. Uh, the Dirty Old Tavern. We're playing Love there it. on September 10th and Thanksgiving Eve. It's yeah. a throwback bar. You know, you come in there and we're loud and it's sweaty and there's people and they're yeah. having fun and they're yeah, drinking cool. and yeah. they're running around yeah, and they're enjoying funny. themselves, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, Quentin, when anybody comes to see you, you know, the, the, the crowd's into it. You you make sure they get into it. It's We very, want, yeah. we want people to have fun. Very funny. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's like you have a good time with the audience. It's it's really yeah. a, a, a very cool thing. Uh, we didn't really talk a lot. We mentioned Charlie doing the tour with Charlie Gracie. Yeah, but you you were involved with doing some production uh, yeah. with him with Al Cooper. Yeah, and things like that. That all came about because of Tommy Conwell. Oh. No yeah. You work with Tommy too, did you? Yeah, I did two albums with Tommy. Well, Little you know, thing. Freddie. Let me. But Freddie. We, we spoke about that. We spoke about that we spoke before. About we, that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there we go. So we're all connected. Let me tell you there something. Yeah. Tommy Conwell is got he's a permanent member of No One Fucks with Tommy Club, joined yeah. by me because yeah. he's a Tommy's good amazing. person. And yeah, he is. when I was when I was having a really bad time, he reached out to me. And oh, um, you know, Tommy. See, and we are connected because Tommy was in Rocket 88, yeah. and I was the last guitar player for Rocket 88. Yep. So I have that connection with Tommy, too. But anyways, I was working on Tommy's album, and he said, you got it. We, we, uh, Robert Gordon had covered a Charlie Gracie song, and Tommy's like, you know, you got to meet the real guy. That, you know, He said, this guy's amazing. So Tommy hooked me up with Charlie Gracie. Really? Uh -huh. right. I did an album with him out of my own studio around the same time as the Lonely Blue Boy stuff. It was in the late 90s, early 2s. And uh, we were playing in New York City with, uh, with Charlie. Now, here's the amazing thing. People came out of the woodwork, like Graham Nash. He yeah. volunteered to sing backing vocals for us. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, all these people love Charlie. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm in New York City. We're playing the rodeo bar, and Jody Klein comes out. Now, yeah. His Jody father, Klein. yeah. His father managed go. bands. You might go. know, like the Beatles, Beatles, Stones. Oh, you ever yeah. heard? And he owns the rights to all those, you know, like the British invasion bands and so many different things. Well, Jody is the son. And Abco Records had came out, and they were getting ready to release a greatest hits package of Charlie Gracie because they had purchased the catalog of Cameo. That's Cameo. owned by right, Abco right, Records. Right, right. Wow. And Charlie was the first artist wow. on Cameo. He, he sold three million copies. And so wait a minute, we're, we're talking Cameo Parkway. Parkway. Wow. But, butterfly. Butterfly wow. sold yeah, three yeah. million copies in '57 yep. Yep. and funded Paul McCartney. Whole, love that song. Funded with funded yep. the whole label. All those guys, Chubby yep. Checker, all them came because of Charlie's hit. 
Right. Wow. So they were doing a box set on Cameo, and then they were going to do an individual release of each artist, and they came out to see Charlie. And Jody Klein came up to me after the set and said, wow, you have done an amazing job with Charlie. He says, we're going to do something together. And, you know, I didn't hear anything. Well, it turned out that they were planning on starting to release new records. They had only been reissuing for years. Yeah. And so the first one they were going to do is Charlie Gracie. Yeah. And I'm producing the record and I'm writing the songs for it out wow. of my basement. I was, I, my wife had left me. I lost my studio. I had a couple of old ADAT, blackface ADAT machines, some shitty shore microphones and a Behringer console, you know, and I'm supposed to make this record for wow. Abco, you know, they got the stones and the Beatles. Yeah. Okay. No problem. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll get it. Don't worry about wow. it. Wow. So long story short, um, this was a follow-up <laughs> to an album I already did. And um, we started making the record, and Al Cooper found out about it. And Al Cooper contacts me, says, hey, if you need any keyboard tracks, you know. Yeah. You know, Al played on a couple of songs. Yeah. like yeah, yeah. You know, just a yeah. couple yeah. songs. Yeah. You know? yeah. like, like a Rolling Stone. Like a Rolling exactly. Stone. Yeah. And, you know, he snuck he, on that. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 well, he told me the real story on that. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you. But anyways. Yeah. No, we know so, about him hiding in that room. And they said, okay, yeah. he wanted to play guitar. But then and he, he, there was uh, Robbie, um, uh, the guitar player from the band, uh, Robbie Robinson. Rob was Robinson. There. And he's yeah. like, I am not getting my guitar out in front of Robbie Robinson. And I met Robbie Robinson one yeah. night at a Charlie Gracie show. Yeah. So wow. uh, he got amazing. on the he got on the organ to play like a Rolling Stone. So long story short, he says to me, Hey, you know, if you want any help with production, I'd be happy to do it. Wow. He only produced Leonard Skinner's first four albums. I would yep. be a fool. Right. I'd be stupid not to right. say yes. So I got right. demoted to co-producer, which I was. I yeah, learned. You were, so, you were fine. God, I learned so much exactly. in that because mm. it, it meant hours and hours of talking to Al Cooper. Yeah, I'd have gladly paid you to do that, right? Yeah, right. Then they really came out. We got we got Dennis Steichen on there. We got yeah, well, uh, Lenny Kravitz's guitar player. Lenny let us Lenny let us mix two songs at his studio in the Caribbean, wherever that was. That yeah. was another guy that did that. I didn't have anything to do with that. Um, we got you know uh, Jimmy Vivino on there. Yeah. We got Graham Nash on there. Peter Noon. Peter Noon came to my house and he what? goes into my basement. <laughs> He's in my basement. Now, when I was a kid, I used to go down to the basement and play Peter Noon Hermit's Hermit's records, right. you know. No milk today. Yeah, right. And pretend uh, I was and I actually filled in for their guitar player on about 20 yeah, gigs. Yeah. You know, uh when Vance couldn't do some yeah. jobs, they hired yeah. me. So, yeah. anyways, uh, I had a little history with them, but yeah. I'm in my basement, you know. It's like now it's like you know. 30 years later, 40 years later, I'm in my basement with the real guy. So Did anyways, you talk to him about Mickey Most or anything like that? Yes. Did you mention, yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. I've talked to I've yeah. talked to Peter about a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. the whole thing was, you know, he says, you know, that they were not thinking that writing songs and being a studio band mattered. Uh, well, they just wow. didn't. So what they they I mean, because Jimmy Page played a lot of the guitar tracks and Mickey used mm -hmm. his guys. Hermits Hermits actually didn't play on their records. Yeah, so. it was uh, what's his name? We talked about there was uh, Tim Catani and and yeah. uh, and and the other guy that played with the Kinks. Um, uh, God, I used to think it was Mick Avery. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, yeah, uh, yeah, his Freddy, name escaped. Yeah, the he, main he, he was the man. He was the, and he played a played lot on all the Dave Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they they weren't thinking the way we think about it. They were thinking it from the old model, you know. And even though the Beatles were writing songs, they thought that was not going to be the norm. And by the time a lot of those bands caught on, it was too late. Yeah. You know, they couldn't they couldn't get that seriousness. They were considered pop stars. You know, but the, I'll tell the, you the, something. The hermits, the hermits. Yeah, and all those groups like that. They would start to be considered. Yeah. But I will tell Freddy you, this, and I, the Dreamers. Yeah, I've seen yeah. those bands, and I played with them with when I was helping Peter and everything. But let me tell you this: Peter Noon, he's great. Is vastly talented. Oh, the no man doubt. still yeah. has it. Some oh, of these yeah. guys, some of these guys come looks out great. You see, those, him, like, yeah, he's great. He's great. You know, uh, yeah, it's amazing. You say, you know, well. You know, you watch these errors and what what is, uh, you know, bands in the early days, you're talking about like, you know, they were fine with like the session guys going in yeah. and playing on it. 
didn't think anything about it. Bands usually, actually, when you had an artist, you had your touring band. You know who does it? It's an interesting thing. Um, because I did a, some gigs with Chris Losinger, who plays with Garth, uh, Garth, um, Brooke. What's Brooks? the the big, the, the, the not Garth, the, who's the big country guy? Uh, Garth, Garth, yeah, Garth Brooks. God, I can't believe I'm like, he's massive, but he plays. Uh, Garth had, uh, I didn't know this, but two bands. He had a studio band that he's had for years, and then he has the band that he tours with live. And then, and, yep. then, and then he started augmenting, you know, because Chris, Chris told me one day, he goes, yeah, I'm going to go out and do, I did a few shows with Garth because we normally don't do that. You know, we normally just, the studio band stays in the studio and the live band goes out and plays that. And I was like, wow. You know, and in this year he's been going out to do, like he would took, take photos. Like, yeah, I'm at, I'm at like, I mean, they do these 80,000 seat venues, you know, but they have this whole thing where we're told, and they're like, you know, I guess everybody's working enough where everybody's cool. You know, like we know we're rolling. They know the, know role. the roles. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry yeah. Rowe is a friend of mine and he's playing drums on almost all the Nashville stuff. now. A lot of guys. Yeah. There's a few guys. And Dave, Dave Rowe's yeah. another one. Dave, yeah. his father, he plays yeah. bass on everybody from Brian Setzer to Loretta Lynn. Yeah. There's, but they don't go on the road. They got uh, road guys right, and they yeah. got studio guys. There's still right. some of that left yeah. in, in Nashville. I cannot believe. Listen, man, it's already. We're almost at sixty minutes. I cannot believe that this time. But the, I, 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 you know, uh, Quentin, is there anything that we can promote that we mentioned? You mentioned the shows. Well, we have uh, the show. We, uh, we got a new show to come in, coming up. Uh, I, I, it's sad to say I can't do the tenth because you know about that because I'm 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 away on the tenth. Right. But with, I'm, right. I'm talking about the tenth of September, and then but we have the December thing that we're doing together, and we have the date that we're doing. Uh, Sutropolis, or is it Sutropolis? Right. I also and uh, DOT uh, on Thanksgiving, and we have some other stuff which I haven't had any chance to even talk to you about. (laughs) But um, yeah, you know, here's the good thing about working with guys like Kenny Harrison and David. It's like this. It's like when you're a quarterback and you got great receivers. Whatever I throw, they catch and run. There you go. You know, it, even if I'm off a little bit, they make you sound. They're just right they're great to work with. And you never have to worry. You go into the gig and you're like, okay, today's going to kick ass. I got these guys. It's going to yeah. be fucking great. That's the upside. The downside is they're very Busy. talented and they're in demand. Yeah. So every yeah. once in a while, QDK yeah. does a show without yeah. one of its yeah. members. Yeah. And that's yeah. just kind of what we're doing is we're trying to we're kind of building that into the whole it's thing. Fun. So we have a guest, you know. Yeah, it's oh, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we are we are recording. I am planning on trying to get a 45 out. I'm trying to thinking, you know, so we do we have QDK has been recording some stuff yeah. off and on uh over at uh, Elm Street Studios, amazing studio. We know that Fred and oh, I we know, know it well. We know that place. <laughs> oh, Fred, what an amazing Rob studio! Ryan, yeah, <laughs> Freddie, Freddie cuts more drums than anybody there. He's no, great. I don't stop. Yeah, it. Yeah, wish yeah, I could I, figure yeah, out. No. I wish I could figure out how to get a job there, even if yeah. I was like changing the water bottles. But we'll anyways, get your job, uh, we'll, get, we'll hook you up. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so I don't Go know ahead. if I. Uh, I'll say it anyways. So I, I already have two places i have a place in phoenixville and a place in lancaster and i won't mention their names because these aren't okay. solid yet okay. but we are negotiating for this spring oh cool and you need to call me dave i will call uh, you qdk okay. rock and roll review which we like would it. have uh daryl davis playing yeah. and annabella lynn wow 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 i want candy and well she, nice. and you know, and that's another band you know that's no. what everybody knows but no their she stuff is all that jungle beat stuff. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what how yeah. what that guy was doing yeah. on the yeah. drums, but yeah. she's been somebody I've been wanting to work yeah. with for a yeah. while. I well, think she's amazing. We maybe one of these days I want to do the, the, we do the double drummer thing with this guy, right? Yeah, there, man. Freddie. Yes. Freddie. Do it. We do the right. jungle beat thing with Freddie. Yeah, Burundi, Burundi, like Adam and need that Adam because they got I know they got two drummers on that. Yeah, yeah. And that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what, you know, I think everybody, everybody in the QDK, the other great thing is I look at these guys, they're almost, you know, I mean, they treat me like my brothers, older Mm -hmm. brothers, Dave and Kenny. 
They do. They're great. We're older than you. Yes. <laughs> but you also treat me like I'm the younger brother sometimes. And I love it because I there have older go. brothers, including with the teasing and everything else, you know, which is great. We man. love them. It's we love great. Them. It's awesome. great. We, I fucking, we fucking love them. I love hey, Kenny. When Kenny gets grumpy, I tease him. <laughs> hey, he's going to see this. He goes, I never get grumpy. <laughs> oh, he knows what I'm talking about. He's amazing. <laughs> Kenny, he's Kenny. a great face for you. He's amazing. Yeah, hey, yeah. well, listen. We're coming to our uh, Quentin. You're going to come back and join us some other time. We have to. We'll have to talk uh, about yeah. horses. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We didn't get into Nevi, but Nevi, yeah. you know, follow. If people want to follow you, Quentin, where do they follow you and see your. Well, videos? you can find me on Facebook at Quentin Jones, or you can find Quentin Jones Guitar on Facebook. And you can also go yes. to my website, QuentinJonesGuitar.com. Yeah. Quentin, yeah. And QDKMusic.com. Yeah. yeah, you will not, you won't be so, disappointed. We it have was, a lot of fun. Yeah, you certainly do. And Freddie, it was lovely seeing you, buddy. Always same good, here. Yeah, hey. it feels good. Even though I saw you a couple of times when we're in Europe, it's it feels for some reason it feels different because you're not too far down the street. You know, it's right. Good. Right. And Quite guys, closer. gentlemen, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, kidding me? Oh. Yeah, I, I hope you had fun. Flew by. Love you. I, lo yep. I love you yep. too, man. All right. I want to thank everybody. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank the School of Rock. I want to thank Dave Marsh. I want to thank Rick Allison. I want to thank our producers there, Jim Grosso, and uh, uh, everybody there at Wildfire Podcasting. We think we can't do this without them. And uh, Jimmy, I got to give you a call a little bit later, talk about this weekend. If you still want to come and do something there, Kate May will chat about that. And uh, if not, we won't, but we'll talk. All right, guys. Listen, we'll man, for everybody, we'll see you. We're saying goodbye from In the Pocket. Ciao. See you. Peace. Uh, October 1st. Hardmore Musical. There we go. October yeah, 1st. ITV. Yeah. See you, buddy. Take see care. You.